to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. I'm just dirt, just like you. And you have, he quickened, you, he made alive, the text says, you made alive. If we're going to understand and comprehend the value of dirt, we need to, first of all, you need to know who you are, but you also need to know, you need to know the you value. What is the you value? The you value is the equivalent of the value of the dirt. Because the text here says, and you, so we need to know who the you are in this context, because the you is plural, so that's are. And so if we were dealing with a singular and you, I would say you need to know who you is. But we're not dealing with the singular you. We're dealing with the plural you. So you need to know who you are and you need to know the value of the you. In the beginning, God gave value to the dirt when he took the dirt, scooped the dirt up, shape the dirt. He says, I'm going to make it in my own image and after my likeness. And then he blew his breath into the dirt and the dirt became a living being. Watch this. The dirt that had, in essence, no or little value became valuable because of what God did to the dirt because of what was put in the dirt caused the dirt to have greater value. Just like my experience at Lowe's, the more they had put in the dirt, the more value they gave to the dirt. Lord, have mercy. And so, you, he made alive. Now, context of him making you alive, Because after he blew breath into the dirt, sin came along and defiled the dirt and took life out of the dirt and caused dirt that at one point had great value because God had put his breath into the dirt. Now, God says the moment you eat of the fruit that's in the midst of the garden, you will surely die. When they took of the fruit in the garden, life took off off the dirt. The dirt was no longer of the same value to others. And so the dirt became bad dirt. That's you. Bad dirt. And so I bought another bag of dirt. Prove my point even further. This bag I have labeled good dirt. I heard you. That's me. That's me. That me, Pastor. That me. Good dirt. If you look at these two bags of dirt, you would say they pass this dirt look just the same. I can't tell the difference between what you have labeled bad dirt and what you have labeled good dirt. All I see is dirt. Because when you look at people, you can't tell whether they're good people or whether they're bad people because you don't know what's in the people. The reason why I label this dirt bad and I label this dirt good is because I know what's in the dirt. This bag over here has an ecological imbalance that will not allow it to sustain life. And if I try to plant something in this dirt, it will die or it will never sprout. It won't come alive. It cannot live in this dirt. This dirt is bad dirt because it cannot sustain life and because what's inside of it 
and what's not inside of it won't allow it to sustain life. But on the other hand, this dirt over here, if I put a seed in this dirt over here, not only will it sustain life, but according to the suggested claims of those who manufactured it or, or process it, it also will cause miracle growth to take place. Because this is miracle grow dirt. So they say if I put, if I put seed in there, it's going to grow, not just grow, but it will grow miraculously. And the fruit that will come off the vines will be miraculous fruit. And you, he made alive. You were dead dirt, but he put something in you that caused you to be miracle dirt. Now, if we're going to understand this, you value because of what's been put in the dirt caused the value of the dirt to go up. Y'all still here with me? But it's what's in the dirt that makes the difference. Now, let me say, let me give you this example here. When we went to build this building, when we came to this 27 acres of land, we had assessments done on the land. We had them come through. They do borings and testing of the soil and blah, blah, blah. And they say, okay, the, the, in order to build on the, pro, on the land, on the, on the dirt that you have here, it has to be, I think it was 95% compressible and to be able to sustain the weight and all that. And so they said, initially they said everything's good, so, you know, came in. And then when we got ready to start building, they start moving and clearing out dirt. They said, well, wait a minute. They said, y'all got bad dirt on your land. And so in order to build on the dirt, the dirt to be good, you've got, you've got two choices. You've got a few choices. They said, now, you can... You can Take all the dirt out, put it on dump trucks, move it out of here, and then bring in good dirt and put good dirt back in its place. Now, they said, but that's going to be enormously expensive. Now, enormous is a relative term, and you'll figure this out in just a moment. Or they said, you can treat the dirt that you have. We're going to put something in the dirt that's already on the land. And it will cause that dirt, because the dirt that you have has got sand, it's got silk in it, it's got this, got all these defilements in it that won't allow it to be able to be built on. And so we've got to put something in it. Now we can put something in it, which won't be as expensive as moving it all out. So what we had to do as the building expansion ministry, we had to assess how valuable the dirt was to us. And so before we started building, it cost us $3 million to put in the dirt to make the dirt valuable enough to build on. Y'all still here with me? Don't get mad. That's just what it costs. So before we started putting bricks down, before we laid any concrete, we had to put $3 million in the dirt to make the dirt buildable. I'm trying to get you to the U value. That's what we were willing to pay for the dirt, to make the dirt buildable. So before they put anything else here, that's what we had to do. So watch this. But when we look at this text, here is Paul talking to the believer saying, And you, dirt, he made alive. 
Lord, have mercy. You've got to understand what it took for him to make you alive. What did he do in order to bring you to life? Well, he had to, first of all, assess your value to him. And so what was he willing to do to put into you to make you alive in the first place? Because he, watch this, what, what, what God did, Lord, have mercy, when nobody else thought you were worth nothing. God decided, I'm willing, Lord, I'm willing to come through 42 generations for that dirt. I'm willing to be born of a virgin for that dirt. I'm willing to live a sinless life for that dirt. I'm willing to be beaten for that dirt. I'm willing to be crucified for that dirt. Nail me to the cross for that dirt. I'm willing to give my life for that dirt. I'm willing to go into the tomb for that dirt. I'm willing to be raised on the third day for that dirt. I'm willing to be ascended up to glory for that dirt. I'm willing to put my spirit in that dirt and bring that dirt back to life. And you, he made alive. Whereas we were not willing to spend all the extra money of taking all the dirt out and bringing in new dirt. God said, it doesn't matter what it costs. I'm trying to help somebody so that you can understand how valuable you are. God gave everything and paid the highest price to make sure that you could be made alive. And you, he made alive. He, he showed you, he demonstrated to you what your value was to him. Y'all still with me? So we are an, an, of enormous value to him. So he made us alive. If you're going to get to the true value of dirt, we need to know who you are. You need to know the you value. But the last thing here, he says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Did your text say were dead? I just need to check. Check your Bible to see if it says you were dead. Three people have that kind of version in their Bible. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Third thing you need to know, where you were. Okay? You need to understand this. This is really, really critical. You were dead in trespasses and sins with an S on it. You didn't just have one sin. You had a lot of them. Y'all act like y'all holy. Y'all just sitting there like, mm, well, you don't know who he talking to. You were dead. You were tore up from the floor. You were messed up in every aspect of your life. You didn't know if you were going right, left, up, down. You was a tore mess. But he made you alive. You, you, you really needed, you needed some help. You, you were in a sense of state of desperation. But guess what? That's where you were. Were. That's where you were. That's where you were. You, you were a mess. Honest folk. No, I was a mess. I was, I was on drugs. I was on alcohol. I was on pornography. I was lying, stealing, killing, whatever you were doing. 
you were. But the, the, the key word here is were. That's where you were. Why, Pastor, why are you, why, are you, why are you sticking on that? Because I need you to hear me. I need you to hear that that's not where you are. That's where you were. You need to know where you were so you can start, stop acting like you're still there. The problem sometimes with Christians is they're still living like they're in the world. They're still living like they haven't been set free. They're still living like they're still in trespasses and sins. They're still living back there in the world. You are not there anymore. That's where you were. Are y'all still hearing me? And so, since that's not where you are, stop acting like and living like you haven't been made alive. Stop acting like bad dirt. Stop talking about the devil made me do it. When you were bad dirt, the devil did make you do it. But this is where you were. You did what the devil told you to do. You were bad. Oh, you were bad to the bone bad. Everybody knew you was bad. But you ain't bad like that no more. You good dirt now. Because he put his spirit in you. And so your mouth and your language should have changed. Amen, Jesus and the walls. You shouldn't be cussing folk out now. That's where you were. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be getting high now. That's where, oh Lord, that's where you were. You shouldn't be sneaking around, tipping in and out folks' houses now. That's where you were. Have I hit your street yet? You shouldn't be gambling now. That's where you were. I'm coming to you. (laughs) I'm coming up your street. I'm trying to help us here. We've been delivered from the penalties of sin and trespasses. That's where you were. You, You were a liar. You were a cheat. You were a whoremonger. You were a gambler. You were a cheat. That's where you were. That ain't where you are now. You, he's made alive. Where you were. You need to know where you were. You were a little child who was messed up. You grew up in a house of dysfunctional people. That's where you were. Your daddy beat your mama. That's where you were. Your mother was trifling. That's where you were. Y'all didn't have money, didn't have food. That's where you were. You were abused. That's where you were. I'm trying to help us right here. Because some of us are still living back here. Even though God has made you alive. Listen, the enemy, through the trespasses and sins, some of which weren't your sins, they were other people's sins. They were your abusers' sins. They were your perpetrators' sins. But those sins wanted to keep you dead. And even though God has made you alive, the sins and the wickedness wants to keep you acting like you're still dead. And the enemy has a trick that he plays on the people of God. 
And that is to cause you to stay focused on the pain of your past. And not to press on to the joy of your present. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Don't let your past affect or distract your present and your glorious future. You're not enjoying the life that God paid for. He said, I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I want you to have a joyous life now. Not when you get to heaven. I want you to be free now. I don't want you thinking about that rape that took place, that abortion that took place, that mess that took place when you were dead. You've been made alive. You need to know where you were. That's where I was. I'm not going back to where I was. No, I've been made alive. He has made of me alive. I'm alive in Christ Jesus. And so I'm going to live every day with that kind of life. The devil is a liar. I'm not going to be like my daddy. I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to be like my past. That's my past and his past. I'm going to live for the king of kings. I'm going to live for the one who died to set me free. And the reason why is because he deemed me dirt to be valuable. The scripture says, to a righteous man, one might die. For a good man, one would even dare to die. But in that while you were still sinners, Christ commended his love towards us. That in that while we were yet sinners, he died for me. He said, you're valuable to me even in your messed up state. And he gave his life, his blood to prove how valuable I was to him. And I don't need no woman and I don't need no man that's dirt themselves to tell me how valuable I am. My creator told me, you're valuable. You're priceless. Somebody asked you who you are. I'm dirt, but I'm priceless dirt. You can't afford me. I'm too, I cost too much. Tell me how much is your cost. Somebody said everybody got a price. My price is the blood of Christ on the cross. If you can't die for me and shed his blood for me, I can't be bought. You can't buy me because I've already been bought with a price. He paid the price. He paid the price. Yes, he did. He paid the price. Lord Jesus, he gave his life. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for declaring me dirt as valuable in your sight. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I'm trying to quit, but I can't. I'm thinking about how wretched I was, how filthy I was, how undone I was. But Jesus, he died anyhow. He said, I died for you, Sterling. He died for you, too. He died for all dirt. I'm not willing that any dirt should perish, but all dirt should be good dirt and have everlasting life. And you, he made alive, who was dead in trespasses and sins. But now, but now, the question looms. Do we need church? Oh, yeah, we need the church. Why do we need the church, Pastor? Because the value of dirt is the price of his life. And if he paid the price of his life to pay for the church, then the church is priceless. And we need the church because it's priceless. Individually, you are priceless. Don't you dare let no man tell you your value. Don't you dare let no woman dictate your value. Don't you dare let your job tell you what you were. I've always told my employers, you can't pay me enough because if you can't match the blood, you can't afford me. You let your price and your value be based on the blood of the lamb who said to us all, I love you and I've given my life for you. I paid the price to set you free. Since he paid the price, set me free. I know I'm valuable. I know my value. So I don't need people to tell me, oh, you, you this, you that. Now, I already know. I knew that before I even got here. I knew that the day he saved my soul. I must be something. If he saved me, I must be worth something. I'm trying to help us understand our value because what he put in us makes us alive and we're going to live it out for the glory of God Father thank you for your word thank you for your power thank you for making us alive who were dead in trespasses and sins thank you God or encouraging that one who came in today depressed, thinking less of themselves because they were comparing themselves with others. Today, God, I hope they leave realizing that I am priceless to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father, maybe somebody's here today and they haven't had put in them the spirit of God that would make them alive. They're still dead, bad dirt. But today, God, they have an opportunity to accept your free gift of everlasting life. I pray you draw them. Draw them to the altar, God. Draw them to yourself. That they can put their past behind them and live for eternity. Spirit of the Lord, have your way in this place. Let your spirit reign. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.